Hello, and welcome to episode 12 of This Can't Be Autism. I'm your resident autistic, Doug Sybeck, and I am a late-diagnosed autistic adult uh, who is using this podcast as a way to sort of process and explore what it means to be diagnosed late in life, not just as an adult, but also well into my adulthood. And so this is the journey. I'm also a writer. And so this episode is going to be uh, imposter syndrome, which occurs not only for writers and other artists or artistic types, but also, I believe, for the neurodivergent community, particularly autistic people, uh, also as well. Uh, I do generally uh, talk about only autism because uh, neurodivergence and neurodivergent community is a very broad-based generic term. And while I do have other things like uh, ADD, ADHD. Back in the day, it was called hyper. It was before there even was such a diagnosis. Uh, I generally don't have the or as much experience with any of the other flavors of neurodivergence. So I'm going to typically talk about just autism. Well, so I'm also a writer, and imposter syndrome is a huge problem for writers. We basically, it undermines our confidence. It is a severe lack of confidence that we don't have the skills to do this. What we do actually isn't any good. Uh, it'll never sell. Nobody's interested in it. The, the whole nine yards. You get the picture. And even if you do manage to get a lot of stories published in a variety of journals, you could, you know, get some sales for self-published books or if you go the traditional route of publishing, get you know, get an agent and get it sold to a publishing house, you can still very much get the imposter syndrome. There is no real cure for this other than in fact just suck it up and keep writing. You just get over it. That's that's the only way I can think of it. Now, when you're writing, you do tend to compare yourself to others. There is a huge temptation to write like other people, especially uh, the classics or really popular writers, uh, or if you enjoy a particular style. If you love Agatha Christie, if you love you know Stephen King, you are really tempted to want to write in that style. This, in general, is a mistake because it's not your voice that's that's not your stories that's not how you would tell it that's how they would tell it and so you will come across as for the most part inauthentic and imitative and that doesn't really sell as well authenticity and being your own person selling your own voice it works a lot better in my opinion in my humble, inexperienced opinion of publishing, that's what works better. Now, I don't try to give too much advice on writing, either on my TikTok, other social media, or even in this, even though I like to. Uh, the problem is, is because it's all general, it's all kind of generic, the advice that you would get. It's all very, they're just sort of cliches, they're just regular, you know, sayings. They're common sense things. Uh, there might be some stuff you're not really you didn't think of, but 
you know, once you once you hear it, you're like, oh, of course, yes, yeah, that's what you got to do. It, because unless you really have um, one or two writing buddies, partners, just literary friends, something I personally am very much open to and would love to find, um, I really not sure if it works the way to go of like online dating to find a literary friend so but if anybody who see hears this writes literary fiction or science fiction uh speculative fiction uh please write to me at this can't be autism uh at gmail.com i'd love to get to know you and read some of your writing because i am an editor at a literary journal and a editor-in-chief at a street newspaper so i do read kind of for a living and I like reading other stories, and I do seek out having a literary friend. So, as I was saying, unless you really have that sort of literary friend who kind of knows your style through experience of reading your work and can critique your individual pieces, writing advice is almost secondary. It's kind of useless. Because you get things of like read a lot of books yes you should constantly read avoid the temptation to sound like the books you're reading you want to sound like yourself not the other readers um avoid the temptation of trying to catch the wave of what's popular because you will not do it if it's very popular in published books like in the bookstores or libraries you know the latest bit of horror because it's October at the time of this recording you know all the horror stories ghost stories whatever or you know the latest fantasy books because you think Harry Potter was popular so you want to write one of those wizard stories or going to school try to avoid that temptation because for the simple reason is the way writing works it takes a while to actually get the draft. It then takes a while to go through the several versions of the draft to get a final version of it. And then you have to query or self-publish. But if you want a traditional publish, you have to query an agent. They have to sell to a publishing house. If that ever gets to be a deal, you know, they go through their editors. You should have... you in general should have had maybe a, line, a developmental editor or a line editor at least a beta reader go through your draft before querying um all in all there's a lot of steps and it could take streamlined best of luck everything falls into place can take like two years to get a book from idea writing to in the bookstore published that's really fast two years from my understanding but still it's a long time whatever fad style is pretty much probably past so you will have missed it you actually have to just have your story write a good quality story get it out there and hope it catches people's attention just be good so unless you actually have a literary partner who can give you specific advice on your work. Uh, writing advice is kind of superfluous. I mean, you got the basics. Learn grammar, read a lot, 
um, know the rules of writing, i.e. grammar, uh, so that you know when to break them. Reread your story, get beta readers, the whole nine yards. They're all kind of common sense and do that. So I try to tend to avoid them, but I would love a, uh, uh, a literary partner or two to help me get through some other stuff, and I would like to help them. That's an aside. That also can help with the imposter syndrome because you do you would have somebody that hopefully you'd be open to having an honest appraisal of your work so that they can tell you, look, this is where it's a little short. This is, you know, uh, something that needs to be worked on or I didn't get this. How about you try this sort of thing? Um, the imposter syndrome, one way to counter it is to actually be able to take an objective assessment of your work, find out where it's weak, where it's strong, and balance it out. Try and play to your strengths, shore up the weaknesses, and just get good quality work. And then just trust, hey, I've done something good. I've done my best. It actually turned out to be pretty good, and I'm going to work with it. That's what happens because uh, as I was planning this out in my head uh, trying to not be too short or go off on too too many tangents which I'm sure you people love because I hear it all the time it's like we love your little stories and tangents get to the point we love it when you ramble on needlessly for an hour uh, when you're writing you come to it uh, with your own strengths and weaknesses it's it's the same way in like sports like if you play golf when you first start you have a strength maybe you're strong and you can drive the ball you know 350 yards down the fairway and even be accurate so you've got a great long game but you might have a weakness in the short game you might be able to get it the 350 yards but you stink at just popping it that little 50 yards to finish up to get it on the green or you can't putt or you get a horrible slice or you're inaccurate of where it's going you can drive it far but you're just not sure where it's going to go all the time so you get your weaknesses in writing in the same way you can give great on description you might be able to have good pacing because it's really hard to pace a lot of books uh you can even really popular ones you can feel like when you're reading them, it's like, this is really dragging in the middle, or it's really kind of slow. I want the pace to pick up a little bit. And you power through, and it gets good, it picks up, and you get to the climax, and then the denouement, which almost nobody ever has anymore, it just sort of gets to a climax and then ends. Um, so you have your strengths, and you have your weaknesses, and literary partners can help that. And the, all of that, recognizing your strengths and weaknesses is another way of helping with the imposter syndromes and just being honest with yourself. Hey, I'm just not great at this. I need to put more effort into it and work at it. Now, circling around back to autism, because this can't be autism, right? Is autistic people have this. Actually, everybody has it. We all have our doubts about ourselves. But in my opinion, or at least in my life, I have found, and I will attribute it to my autism, even though it's possible that it's not, it could just be me, uh, apart from the autism, is you go through life and you think, I, I, I'm not really getting it. And this means life in general. I don't understand what's going on. You know, 
you see everybody like the neighbors they like have they say hello they go through it and it's like you can call on them to do you know a quick favor for you it's like i'm not feeling that great or i'm going out of town can you make sure to take trash out the barrels out to the front for me sure yeah i'd love to do that for you i don't really feel that connection with other people and i don't know how to develop it Again, that's why I mentioned I asked for if it is literary partners is because I don't know how that stuff just sort of happens organically. You read all these stories about, I've been lifelong friends. We met in, you know, third grade and we've been best friends ever since. I don't know how that happens. I think it's a two-way street. It's like other people, you got to have two to tango, whatever cliche or you want to throw in here. Uh, you do need the other person to reciprocate and have the same intention in order for it to match. If another person basically doesn't want to be that close to friends, it's not going to happen. It's going to be very one-sided and at some point rather awkward. But so the imposter syndrome of in autism is I'm almost like an imposter of being a human being. I'm not sure how it works, especially in society. Modern American society is exceptionally difficult. Um, I've gone through school. I'm rather well educated. I have an MFA and a couple other degrees. I'm not trying to boast or brag or anything because it hasn't really gotten me as far as I anticipated. That's another whole different story. Is at some point I started thinking because I haven't been able to follow up with my anticipated success or success like academically or uh, you know professionally that I've seen other people with the same degrees get as I start thinking I didn't do it right or did they only accept me into the program you know to round out their numbers or you know because I could pay the bill you know the the tuition did I just basically you know supplement their program you know, give them money and I got a degree. I get those real doubts of like, what is the value of this? And it's like, did they really want me to do this? And sometimes uh, I've seen that in some jobs or something, uh, like as I'm doing work, it's like, why did they really give this to me? Is it because I have the skills and the talent, the abilities that I believe I have and can apply and do this? Or was it for some other reason? Is it mostly out of pity? It's like, Am I a charity case? Because I don't seem to be making the connection uh, that I would see others in a professional capacity. And this is how you can feel in life in general, not just school, not just work, but friendships. You're hanging around with somebody and you feel like the third wheel or you're just tagging along with the group. And it's like, am I being allowed here out of pity? Or because it's just too much of a pain in the ass to kind of shoo me away or do something. And this sort of perception of life is the imposter syndrome of like, am I an imposter as a human being? And that's, that is something a lot more difficult to overcome than just say the writing imposter syndrome or an artist imposter syndrome where you can try and believe and convince yourself uh, maybe my work just hasn't caught on. I haven't been able to market to the correct audience yet where I've 
finding or I haven't practiced writing enough because that's part of it is you got to write and just keep writing. You, you can't just do it once and think, uh, you know, I'm going to sell a billion books and, and be rich. It doesn't work that way. But it's hard to do that as a human. It's hard to say, um, can I just keep doing it? Because you, I mean, it's life. It's existing. Yes, you're going to keep going on living. Hopefully, please keep doing so. Um, but you never get the idea of, am I doing it right? Am I, how are other people doing this? I mean, as a writer, you can practice and try something different and go to school. But where do you go to school to be a human being? That's what families, that's what education, the school system, that's just what supposedly having friends and stuff is supposed to have already taught you. You just sort of pick it up through societal limitation, learnings up. There's a whole, there's whole schools of psychology in areas to try and teach, like how do you develop personality in social integration, is organizational psychology of how to optimize, you know, individual and group performances uh, in say workplaces or teams or things like that. So for autism, I find it really difficult and quite an almost philosophical question of how do you become a better human being or how do you actually become a human being if the idea of a human being is a social being that you interact with others successfully, you can achieve goals, things like that. And those are quite the conundrum. So I'm not sure of what the cure, even though I really shouldn't use that word now that I said it, because autism does not need to be cured. It is a just a different way of functioning. But how can you get that functioning to integrate into a better society? Because like it or not, autistic people have to be part of our society. I don't know of say an Asperger society where the majority of people are like me or think like me there are some days I wish I did know of such a place I'd be sorely tempted to go and check it out and move there but there isn't we're not Vulcans getting to live in our own society by our own rules however harsh or difficult that might be we have to live with the fact that we are imposters in normal society. So, yeah, this is going to be a very brief episode because that's kind of where the thoughts go. I don't have any ideas of cures or um, tips, corrections. And in some ways, it's kind of like the writing advice. Unless you know of somebody who's willing to help go through stuff, it's very difficult to get beyond the generic writing advice. It's very gen- hard to get beyond the very genetic, generic uh, advice on life. I mean, I love stoicism. I like existential philosophy. I can read Camus, Sartre. I can try to find people who want to engage in those conversations. I will admit I do tend to get along with uh, females 
women sit out to be politically correct or not even that but just to be more specific in contemporary society I would say cis women um but not necessarily because I don't really judge on that um I do tend to get along better than with men men tend to be more athletic and competitive in things rather than cooperative in general but I also know that at least for my own dopamine, it is flattering to my ego to interact with people I find as attractive. That's a different thing. I don't know. I'm sure that that's natural and normal and just par for the course with neurotypical people as well. I mean, the, there was an old saying, is like, you know, they don't put ugly people on TV sort of thing. Um... But for me, it's almost an explicit conscious thought of, you know, this person I'd like to get to know sort of thing. Um, but until you get somebody who can help you interact as a human, but they must accept you for who you are as you are to begin with, it's, it's going to be very difficult to try to get around and not be an imposter human being because I just don't understand the social interactions for that. And so, um, but I'm not able or really willing to take the extreme alternate course of withdrawing from society, of just being uh, on my own. But I do like things like... I mean, I would rather have a discussion about stoicism or existentialism. Um, maybe even science is a couple of people on here on TikTok and stuff that I follow that are, you know, like astrophysicists and a couple of philosophers and things like that, that are actually, a, a, I mean, I don't want to be insulting, but attractive young people, younger than me, certainly, um, that I would like to get to know. But they're brilliant minds and I l really enjoy what they have to say. Uh, especially about, like, say, philosophy or the uh, the James Webb telescope images or something, which are brilliant things. Love to be able to have those conversations and stuff, rather than tell me what the Patriots are doing. How do you think the Red Sox are going on? I'm in Boston, by the way, so we are a very fanatical area, and I can't stand sports. I can never play them. I'm very uncoordinated. Thank you, autism, or thank you just being a dork and uncoordinated as well as having very poor eyesight undiagnosed <laughs> as a child so no again hand eye coordination um but it's that's a very popular topic around you know, that sort of thing and so i can't engage on those levels either uh yeah so getting back to everything it's really difficult to get specific advice to help you just like in writing just like in art uh, just like in life, especially for an autistic person. So I can read the Stoics, get the generic advice of, or the Buddhist ones of just being a little detached. Don't take it personally. Uh, read a quote that I, the inspirational one, it was by Cato. Uh, I think it was something to the effect of, I would much rather have somebody ask why there's a statue of me than Oh, no, this is it. See, I screwed it up. I would much rather have somebody ask why there isn't a statue of me than ask why there is. 
which I thought was brilliant. It's like, yeah, you want to make a contribution and not just have some like vanity flattery, but most of the world would pretty much love vanity and flattery. And I don't understand that. Um, but most of the world also tends to go along in obscurity and will not make any contribution or impact whatsoever uh, and be forgotten. And most are really eventually content with that, that they only, that they make their ripples in the smaller distance, in their small shallow end of the pond, uh, which is fine. I have to get used to that and I get it myself because when I actually believed the sentiments of like, you can do great things, you're going to be a great success, you're brilliant, you're going to be doing this because I was a precocious youth. I quickly, or by you know, high school outgrew my precociousness and just became your average person because I was, I never taught, was taught how to apply myself, how to discipline myself. I just was able to go pick up stuff and learn as my own style rather than, you know, the traditional style of how that I was taught and things like that. So I was learned, it's like, you're going to be brilliant. And I thought I'm going to be brilliant one day i'm gonna be famous i'm gonna make great impacts make great strides i will be remembered and no i'm not and so now you have to get used to that so again the imposter syndrome as an autistic person i believe just through the sheer intensity and imply and being able to see and apply that mindset that logic to all aspects of life rather than just my art or work um and i have a feeling that other autistics are this way as well and that most from what i see i will always caveat everything i'm doing in the podcast is from what i see neurotypical people don't make that intensity or application to other or all aspects of their life they don't believe they're imposters as a human being i mean i'll have to say even as a child at some point i didn't believe i was human i believed that i was sort of a creation not born but actually somehow manufactured and created almost like an ai android before that storyline really popped up in like star trek or other you know novels or anything I believe that I was one before I knew about it in Asimov's iRobot or The Naked Sun or anything like that. I believe that I was because I felt so different and didn't react to anything uh, the same way. I was always called, you know, cold and uncaring when it wasn't true. I just didn't know how to emote and react that way. So I very early on had like I am an imposter I am basically mimicking humanity as best as I can do it where others it is natural it's seamless it's flawless and they do great um but that's where we're going so I don't really have much of a cure for that other than I can empathize from other people doing it I can empathize if other people feel similarly because I do not believe neurotypical people um feel this as intensely as somebody with autism that's just an observation it was in no way meant to dismiss or diminish the feelings other people have whether or not you're diagnosed self-diagnosed undiagnosed haven't even thought about it 
just neurotypical, neurodivergent, whatever. You may, there are certain ways or times in life you may feel this way. I just know for me as an autistic person, it is every day. Some days more intense than others, but it is basically every day. And so, yeah, if you'd like to discuss it, feel free to email me at thiscan'tbeautism at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to respond uh, to the podcast, I guess. It's, it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, some other outlets that I don't recall off the top of my head. Um, please rate my show. Um, tell other people if you really want to. If you find something that resonates or empathize with, be much appreciated. I don't actually seek this to monetize it. It is more to make connections uh, with other, say, writers or other autistic people or other especially autistic writers. It'd be great. I would love to hear from you and appreciate your support. And, yeah, feel free to drop me a line, send a rating, or follow the show. That would be great. Uh, So this has been Episode 12, Season 1 of This Can't Be Autism. And it is about the imposter syndrome, which hopefully you do not feel nearly as much as I do. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you soon.